9.15 and 11.15, so we're gonna, we're gonna go for 10.15, so the 11.15s have gotta get up a bit earlier and uh, the rest of us can have a bit of a line, so it's all right, isn't it? So uh, and anyway, um, last week, um, if you weren't here, it's well worth getting onto, um, onto the website. Uh, Jim did a superb talk, I thought, about what's Hope Church about? And uh, he, he outlined the three purposes. You can read them as you come up the stairs on that banner. To pursue God and to serve others and to export hope to other places and other nations. And it, it really was a superb talk. I really uh, recommend listening to it. And um, uh, that was really the whole thing of what are we about as a church? And uh, I've been given the task of uh, talking about our, our family ways, kind of what are we like? So not what are we about, what are, what are we like? What are you like? Uh, that, kind of, that kind of talk. And um, so uh, I, but I thought it's worth asking, kind of why be part of a church anyway? Because a lot, a lot of Christians, I remember when I was at Bible college, it's funny because I was training in theology but you got a bit unchurched, which is a bit ironic, while you were training for theology, because you started treating churches like, like rest, you know, if you've got a bit of spare cash, and you think, oh, it's Friday night, where should we, oh, let's go Chinese. Let's have a Chinese. And you kind of, oh, let's go Anglican. And then, and then, and then the next week you say, oh, let's have fish and chips. Oh, let, let's go house church over here. Or let, let's go Baptists. And, and we started treating churches a bit like a bit like a takeaway, you know. I have a bit of that. Oh, don't fancy that. This horse a bit boring. Let's go somewhere else. And uh, we were a bit kind of we had a bit of wanderlust, and it was kind of it was kind of okay because it was just we were broadening our experience. But you know, the, the New Testament uh, never intends for Christians to kind of be all over the place. Uh, and never intends people to go it alone either. I, I do meet Christians periodically who, who are really kind of all on their own. And I've watched David Attenborough, and I know what happens to the wildebeest on his own. I've, 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 so, so, so let's not be let's not be like like that. You know, a Christian kind of on his own is like a coal that's fallen off the fire. Do you remember coal fires? Show, show me age now. Uh, but you know, the coal that falls off on the grate doesn't doesn't keep its oomph. Doesn't keep keep going it's, it's on, we're not supposed to be like that and all the new testament pictures of church are lots of bits together that's just the way the new testament is like like a body paul says in romans 12 we're, we're like bits of the body you know if you hand on its own that's kind of adam's family isn't it kind of wandering around on its maybe you've not seen that films well worth a watch uh, but we're not supposed to be like that a body's supposed to be part of an arm and we're all together and those on its own what what good is that you, you, you know, you smell the meal, can't eat it. You need, you need all to be, you need to be together, the bits of the body. Uh, Peter says that our church is a bit like, bit like a house. We're like living stones. Strange, strange picture. You're, you're like a stone. We're supposed to be built to, into one another, joined together. And that's a bit awkward sometimes, isn't it? Because it means I've got to get on with Jane, I've got to get on with Joshua. You know, it's, we, sometimes it's a bit awkward, but we learn how to fit together. We're not uniform like these bricks. Well, they're not quite uniform, are they? They're a bit of a work of art. But, but they're kind of similar sizes and they're standard sizes. Pe- people aren't standard sizes. We're all, we're all odd. We're all a bit different. And, and, but, but in the church, we're like living stones and God fits us somehow together. And it says to be, to be a house that he then fills with his spirit. It's a great picture of the church. So, so that's, apply it to yourself. You're supposed to be a stone fitting with others to, together to be a place where the Holy Spirit can move. Or uh, elsewhere in Peter, he says, you're a people, it's like a tribe. So it's, it's a good question to ask. Well, what, 
What tribe do I fit into? Where, where do I fit? Elsewhere he says, you're like an army. Well, one soldier on his own is a bit of a pushover, to be quite honest. But, but when, when an army's together, their shields linked, advancing together, you can do far more than, than one person on their own. We're, we're kind of bigger than the sum of our parts, really. Uh, so that's the kind of picture. So we've done, what are we about? We're about pursuing God in worship, encounters with his Holy Spirit, through his word, through prayer. That's our primary thing. And then out of that, because it's, what's the word, centrifugal, that because of that, you can't do that in just, what God does is he then sends you out to serve others. So we're not, otherwise we're just kind of consumers of good worship songs. No, we encounter God, and then that gives us, he speaks to us, and then we go and serve others. We serve one another, do good to everyone, the Bible says, especially those who are in the household of faith. But it goes out to other people. We serve other people. And then ultimately, because of our calling as a church, we export hope to other churches, to the region, to other nations as well. And that's, that's not because we're anything fab. It's because of God's calling on, on us. So that's, that's our purposes. I, I want to talk about our family ways. You never think about your family having its own ways until you go to another house and they've got different ways. You, you ever done that? And you've got, you've got particular ways. Maybe your way is you're a shoes-off-at-the-door house. You know, some people are shoes-off-at-the-door houses. Other people are, we couldn't care less about that house. Uh, and you can go kind of where you want. Some people are, some people are in a house where we're, we're, we're at eat tea on the tray house. Yeah, some, some people are, the other people are, uh, we always turn the telly off and we sit up at the table house. You know, and you never think about it, do you? It's just the way things are until you go somewhere else and it's done differently. And you think, man, they've got a different culture. You go to another culture, they're, uh, they're, uh, the men eat on their own house. And you think, well, that's really strange. But for them, it's not strange. Do you see what I mean? We've, got, we've all got our, our different ways. Some people live in houses where uh, everything must be put in a place before I go to bed house. Other people in a, we prefer happy chaos house. And then they're kind of not, they're just ways, aren't they? We've got our funny old ways. And as a church, we try to work out, every church has a culture. You never think about it, but it does. It has, it has a culture. And we've tried to think about our culture. Because if, if you don't think about it, if you're not intentional about it, then you end up with any old thing in reality. It's just a happy accident. So we've tried to think about it. And I've got boo-boo to you too. Yes, that's part of our culture, isn't it? Family life. Um, so so uh, we've tried to think about it. And I've got six things. You, you might describe it differently. That's, that's fine. There's six things that that we kind of say that this is who we are. Hope it's who you are too. Hope you can fit in with that culture. And they're not in any particular order, to be honest. It's a, bit, a little bit listy. Sorry about that. It's just the way it is this morning. So the first one is this. We want to honour everybody. We want to honour all. And what does that mean? What does honour mean? Well, to honour is you give respect and value to everybody. That's, that's something we don't think about very much. Now, to give value to something. I remember watching, um, anyone watch Antiques Roadshow? I don't usually watch Antiques Roadshow, but I happen to be watching, honest. But anyway, I was watching Antiques Roadshow, and uh, someone had found, they, they got a, an old blanket and had some funny patterns on. I can't remember if they found it in their attic or got it at a car boot sale and thought that's unusual. They brought this blanket in, and, and you go and see an expert, don't you? In fact, before that, you go and see it, there's loads of experts, and then you get on the telly experts. 
who are the top ones. And, and it turns out that this scruffy old blanket with unusual patterns on was actually, which they'd kind of, they got it for a couple of quid or found it in the attic when they moved into a new house or something. It turns out it was worth half a million American dollars. They did it in American dollars because it was, a, it was a, called a, a Navajo blanket. It was an antique blanket from, from Native Americans over there. And it was worth far more than they'd appreciated. I think people are like that. People are worth far more than sometimes we look and we can dismiss someone or, or maybe they're a little bit niffy or maybe they come from a different culture and we, we don't quite understand. But people are really valuable. That, that's a high value of ours to honour everybody. And uh, you, you probably won't have noticed it, but the, the word honour comes 75 times in the New Testament. And, and sometimes there's specific instructions for specific people. Let me give you some examples. It says, honour your parents. Now, that's hard to work, work out for some of us. What does it actually mean practically to honour your parents? But, but nevertheless, we honour our parents. Honour leaders. That's, a, that's another one. Honour em, our employers. Mm, it's getting a bit... <laughs> it says, no, honour your employers. Do, do a good job. Do a good job for your employer. That's, that's a good... Honour state leaders. Oh, a bit more grumbling. <laughs> Honour your state leaders. Got a difficult job. That's no, no comment on whether they're doing a good one or a bad one. <laughs> but, but, but you honour them. They're in a difficult position. I'd hate to be a state leader. So we, we honour them. Pray for them. Honour older people. I like that one because I'm getting on a bit now. Honor, in fact, I found a great verse that says, Honour people, especially with grey hairs. So, so <laughs> Honour older people. Because it's very easy to not do that, to overlook those who are elderly. But actually, sometimes they've got the wisdom of years. Sometimes they've just got years, but sometimes they've got the wisdom of years. <laughs> honour, honour wives, he says. Honour, honour your wife. Value your wife. Honour marriage. He says marriage should be honoured by everyone. And then there's a catch-all verse I found, 1 Peter 2, verse 17. Show proper respect to everyone. To everyone. There's, there's no one we should look down our nose at. No one. We give proper respect to everyone. Even those people that don't behave in the way you'd like them to, there's reasons for that. They've got their own history, their own difficulties. There's an old saying, isn't it an American saying? Walk a mile in someone else's shoes. We don't, we don't know. So we honour everyone. Why? Well, because everyone's made in the image of God. And Christ died for everyone. That's why. He, he valued people enough to die for the sins of the world. So we honour people as well. In fact, Paul says the parts, of, he's talking about the body, he says the parts, the parts that don't seem very honourable, we treat with special honour. That's interesting. So I want us to be a church where we honour everybody, people from different cultures, people, people from different backgrounds, where people are welcomed, encouraged. I want to be part of a church like that, don't you? where you can be real, where you can be authentic. doesn't mean we don't all have things that need sorting out, because we, we do. We're, we're all on a, on a journey of, of what the Bible calls sanctification. We're sorting us out, sorting us out, sorting us out. But we honour all. Here's the second one. Community. New Testament word is koinonia, which sounds a bit weak, uh, a bit strange. It means fellowship, or literally partnership. We're partners together. Jesus, Jesus was a... Was, you know, they, he, he was friends with so many people that they pointed the finger at him and said, he's a friend of sinners, as if that's, you're not supposed to be. <laughs> Actually, that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be friends of sinners. 
He embraced community. That includes care for the last and the least. That's what it includes. It includes care for everyone. Paul said, you must remember the poor. Don't, don't forget the poor. We're a community together. So I'm, I want to be part of a church where you can, you can join an activity. And, you know, some churches are very much like billiard balls. You know, I want to be a mashed potato church. Let me explain. <laughs> and a billiard ball, you play billiards, you, you hit a ball, they knock out, you know, it's like a Sunday morning. You bash off each other and rush back to your pocket. That's, that's a billiard ball church. I want to be a mashed potato church where we're, we're kind of squished together and, and, and we, we, we know, oh, my life's a bit messy here or I got fed up about that or my feet don't work, that's why I'm sitting on a stool. I want to, I want to be, you know, that kind of church. That's, that's what I mean by community. And that can work out in all sorts of ways. It, it could be you join a group because you love Bible studies, but it might not mean that. It might mean you become part of the cafe team and serve people that come in every afternoon because they, they want to talk to someone. Could be that. Could be you join the small group that works around a pool table downstairs midweek. Could, could, be, could be all sorts of things. Could be you join the, the prophetic group and, and you do a bit about prophecy and then you spend the rest of the morning in the coffee shop next door. Could be that. Could be you join, join the small group that started in, in Tolladine. Reaching out to that area. Could be all sorts of things. Could be you come to the daytime group. I went to that the other, the other week just because they were serving birthday cakes. So I thought, oh, I'll go to that. It looks good. So, but let's be a community together. That's why. It's easier for us. The 11.15 find it really hard to get to coffee. That, that's, that's, that's where you do community. Church doesn't stop when we say, that's it, folks. That's the end, which is our version of the benediction. that's that's not the end of church church is our relationships all all through the week as we meet and mix text one another whatsapp group for business people whatever it is we do that's that's what community is here's the third one i want to be in a church that has a go that's a strange one now i i've uh, in the in the past led leadership teams where we've been too worried about things not working uh that's just my confession. I, I, I have. Where you thought, somebody has an idea, and you, you kind of, by the time you've dissected it and worked out everything that, that could, might go wrong, faith has been sucked out of the room. You, you're like a death, the leadership team's like a death eater to, to anybody's ideas. I'm so, sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be in that kind of church anymore. I want to be in a church where you encourage steps of faith. You have a go. Where you're able to try, try something... Even if in the end it doesn't work. Where that person that says, I want to try evangelistic face painting, you say, okay, let's give it a go. Because I think you can do an evangelistic everything, possibly, except sin. You can't do an evangelistic sin. That's impossible. I, I, was in a, I heard about a church once that did, uh, they hired a load of wrestlers. And they did evangelistic wrestlers. What about that? They had people, you know, because wrestlers can pretend to be thrown even when they're not. They had mats around the town and they were throwing people over. And when they got together the crowd, one of them would stand up and say, you, what, you may wonder why I'm doing this. It's because 12 years ago I became a Christian. They quickly gave their testimony before the crowd vanished. Gave out some leaflet. You can do an evangelistic, I want to be in that kind of church. You know, like, like Peter. Oh, you know, have a go. If that's you, Jesus, how about you tell me to come and walk to you on water? That's crazy. That's crazy. And when he got soaking wet, all the disciples were saying, right, you, you, got, you sunk. He said, yeah, but I'm the only one that walked on water too. Let's be, what about Joshua, the crazy idea he had? Thought he'd heard from God about walking around the walls. Jim spoke about, about that last week. 
walk around the walls. We all know you have to dig a little hole underneath and light a bonfire. And then you have a trebuchet. I'm not sure if Joshua had a trebuchet. You know, all that. But no, no, he, he thought he'd heard from God and, and he was willing to walk around seven days. The, the first miracle that happened was the people of God didn't moan for seven days because he, he told them to be silent. I think that's why he said be silent while you walk around. Because they'd all have their own better idea than Joshua. Now let's be, have a go. What about, do you remember the story of Jonathan and the armour bearer when there was only like two swords left in the kingdom? And he said to, to his armour bearer, how about we go up that hill towards the enemy? Because you never know. Who knows, he said. Who knows, God might be with us. I, I like that. Sometimes we don't do anything because we're, we're not quite sure. Well, who knows? God might be with us. I, I love the fact that Josh just said, how about putting out a gazebo outside occasionally and just offering to pray for people that walk past the building? Well, why not? Why not? Open mic night. Yeah, let's have a go. Group around the pool table. I thought, that's a crazy idea. Let's give it a go. And we've seen people come to Christ through the group around the pool table. Family craft morning. Yeah, let's, let's give it a go. Make some friends with people in the community. Let's be a church where you can have a go. Second chances. That's a, I'm, 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 only, I'm only on three. Am I? No, fourth. Honour everybody. Be a community. Have a go. Second chances. See, if, you, if you're a church that says, have a go, then if it all goes up in flames, you've got to have a second chance and a th- and another second chance, and another second chance. That's really about the grace of God, isn't it? We sung about it this morning. The grace of God is unlimited. If we do something and it doesn't work out, or if we make a mess of things, we've got another chance, and another chance, and another chance. That's the grace of God. He's the God that welcomes the prodigal, and he welcomes the person that falls flat on its face. What, what success? I think success is to hit, try and hear God and try and obey and do you know what? If it doesn't work out, other people might think, oh, that didn't work out. Do you know what God's doing? He's saying, that's my girl. That's my boy. Well done. You had a go. Now, come on. Let's pick you up. Let's dust you down. And you can have another go at something else. That's our God. He's a God of second chances. That's the gospel of grace, isn't it? And, and you know, we who've been saved by grace can afford to be gracious to one another as well. I, I was talking to someone who leads an inner in a city church, and I said to him, how, how do you explain grace to your people? He's in a very low income, not very educated church he's got, and that's fine, he's doing a great job. And I said, how do you explain grace? And I, he said, what I say is this, God's been kind to you, you be kind to each other. <laughs> I thought, that was brilliant. that's brilliant, isn't it? God's been kind to you, you be kind to each other. We can offer grace to each other. Do you remember Peter? The same one that walked on water. Oh, it's great. I'm never going to leave you. And then he, he denies Jesus three times. Goes off, a bit of swearing. Uh, and then Jesus comes to him, cooks him a fried, fried breakfast. It's always good. Cook fried breakfast to the people that have offended you. <laughs> and, and, and then all he asks is, well, do you love me? That's it. We, we mess up. So I, I, I mess up. You mess up. The one who doesn't think he's messed up is just lying to himself. We all mess up, but there's the grace of God, and all he wants is for us to say, Jesus, I love you. Sorry. And, and then we're, we're back in. Uh, and Do you remember the story of the woman caught in adultery? Remember that story? I love that story. I love, I love, kind of, I love the whole idea of a doodling Jesus. 
Do you know, they, they, they bring this woman caught in adultery. They're total hypocrites because last time I did my mass, it took two to commit adultery and they only bring the woman in. So that's hip, hypocrisy for a start. And, and, and they say, but under our law, she should be stoned. What do you think, Jesus? And he's between a rock and a hard place because he, he's either going to condemn her or he seemed to be not upholding the law. And, and, and what he does is absolutely nothing. He's kind of doodling. I don't know, what he, I don't know if he's writing something or if he's just you know, doing a doodle. I don't know. And then after a while, he says, well, I tell you what, the person without sin, you start the ball rolling. You throw the first stone, the one, that, the one that's guiltless in this area. You throw the first stone. And, and he carries on doodling. <laughs> and I love to see the doodle. It's just the way my mind works. But anyway, he carries on doodling. And they all vanish because they're all ashamed. They've all got shame. They've all got things they're not proud of. Uh, and, then, and he says, doesn't anyone condemn you then? Nor, nor do I, but go and sin no more. That's, that's the good news of second chances. I want to be a church where, I know God's like that, but let's be like that ourselves as well. Offer people second chances. Okay, you're welcome back. Come on now, let's not do this again. Let's do better next time. Second chances. And Jesus said you get seven times seven, or seven times 70 second chances. So you can do the maths. Here's a, here's a fourth one. We want to be naturally supernatural. What, what do you mean by that? Well, the Holy Spirit lives in all believers and he loves to fill us with his Holy Spirit. We want to have an expectation of Holy Spirit activity kind of without hype. And that's a stylistic thing. But we, we want to be hyped down rather than hyped up. <laughs> that's, just, that's, just a, that's just the way we roll. That's, that's, so we're, we're expecting people to be healed, but we don't, we don't need to be, make a song, song and dance of it. If, we all, if the Holy Spirit came to people and we all fell over, fine, we all fall over. But, but we're not making people fall over and we're not, we, we, don't, we don't want to be big on that. We want to be big on welcoming the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. We, we expect there to be Holy Spirit encounters. We expect people in the congregation to have gifts of the Holy Spirit. In fact, we're told to eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Here's a question. Which gift of the Spirit do you eagerly desire? That earths it a bit, doesn't it? Which, are you praying for healings? Are you praying for words of knowledge? Are you praying for prophecies? Are you praying for a gift of time? You know, which, which one are you eagerly desiring at the moment? If there isn't one, read the list and think, oh, I'll pray for that one. Let's eagerly desire the Holy Spirit. I, I, I realised recently, I felt quite convicted. We haven't been praying for healing enough. I've got some prophecies about, about healings. So that's why, that's why I thought, oh, let's pray for healing last Sunday. But we're, we're a church that expects people to be healed. In, in recent weeks, someone, we had someone who was healed of dairy intolerances. I remember praying for Brian, his sciatica was healed. I remember praying for someone with a deaf ear and it, and it opened. That's great, let's expect God. Let's not worry too much, what if nothing happens? That's God's, that's God's prerogative. Our prerogative is to pray. Lay hands on people, pray. You know, the Bible says in James, you have not because you ask not. That's, that's quite a, quite, that puts the onus back on us, doesn't it? Why, why doesn't anything happen? Well, because you're not asking. Let's, let's be expectant of God to move by his Holy Spirit. And then the last one, last one, family ways, bit listy as I said, is this, a church of generosity. I read something amazing in Acts. It says, there was no needy among them. That's astounding. That doesn't mean there weren't poor people in the community, because there were. But among them, there were no needy people. 
That's, a, that's, a, that's not only because they were, they were Jewish in background and had a discipline of tithing, because it says they also didn't count anything they had as their own. That's an interesting starting point, isn't it? Rather than thinking, it's mine, my precious. Now, how little can I give to God? <laughs> and get away with it. Be seen to be doing the right thing. Now, rather than that, it was, this is all God's. How, how much can I keep? And how much can I give away? What a different, open-handed way. And that was because the Holy Spirit was filling them. They went far beyond the law. The law said tithe. That's great. Great discipline. Easy maths. But, but they went far beyond the Old Testament law so that needs were met. And I praise God that we're in a church where, where that happens, where our needs have been met and our special needs. I mean, look at this building. God, God's done that amongst us. And we've had some supernatural provision, but mostly it's like been like the jar of all that hasn't run out which is supernatural but less dramatic. It's been people giving generously beyond what one could expect. But not just to the building, but to to COVID. We fed people in Uganda and other places. Disasters, we're feeding 150 people in Malawi and sheltering them at the moment. That's the grace of God to be a generous church. There's a, there's a, I, won't, I won't do the whole preach now because it's a different ser- sermon. But there's a, there's a leaflet on giving down, downstairs if you want to read one. It's in the, in, in the lounge. And um, uh, I, I like this. Uh, I wrote it, so it's a bit, a bit egotistical, really. But I like this sentence. <laughs> oh, dear. Giving is an expression of thankfulness and praise to God. It comes from a heart of worship that recognises that everything we give already belongs to him. Amen. Giving honours God and allows his work to go forward. Our aim is to help non-givers become givers. Occasional givers to become regular givers. Regular givers to become proportionate givers and then grow into giving hilariously because that's how God has given to us. That's our discipleship challenge. So there's plenty of those leaflets. If you want to have a look at one then do so that there there are there are family values you might say we've got some other ones i I don't know but they're the ones that came to our minds as a team we want to honor all we want to be community we want to have a go we want to give second chances we want to be naturally supernatural and lastly we want to be generous and this october we're gonna we haven't haven't done it before i don't think quite in this way we're gonna have an exporting hope offering which is really to everything that comes in will go elsewhere so so not right because all our offerings in recent years really have been for the building and that's been fantastic but we don't want to get out of the habit of generous hilarious giving because because god's taught us something over the last six years of making this building not derelict so we want to continue in, in that and, and be hilarious givers, but for other people as well. So we're going to continue exporting hope. So I, I don't know, I, I love the fact that we're feeding and sheltering 150 people in Malawi who lost their homes through the, through the floods and the mudslides. Did, did you know in the last few years we've trained 100 church planters and leaders in Uganda through, through our giving? A bit of training, but mostly through our giving. That we're, we're, we're supporting 20 other congregations and helping 20 other churches in, in the UK now. That, that in February, we gathered uh, 40 leaders from 12 different nations in East Africa, guys that lead circles of churches and taught them and encouraged them, helped them to network with each other, started a WhatsApp group for them so they can learn from each other. It's great to serve in that way. 
Last week, 187 people, I think, booked into Encounter Camp. Some from here, but mostly from all around the UK, from different projects. People with all sorts of different needs, terrible backgrounds, all sorts of things. Finding the Lord Jesus as their saviour, experiencing a degree of healing, being loved and cared for. That's wonderful, but it's way bigger than our church now. <laughs> way bigger than a local church. So we, we want to we contribute towards that and ask other churches to help us with it because it's just got big. So I, I love being part of Hope. I've led the church for, I don't know, ages now. Can't remember when I came. 91. I th- oh, Debbie's not here. She's my diary. I've no idea when we came now. Is it 91? 2001. 2001. Thanks, Abs. Since, two, since 2001. But I, I love our church. I just love being part of our church. So I, I hope you do too. And I hope it's been helpful to run through these values. So let's... Look, how, what, what's next? Well, it's come and commit, really. These are our family values. These are the things we commit to. Be an active part. Encourage one another. Let's join together. Contribute, by our, yes, by our giving, but our serving and our gifts and our prayers. Amen? Amen. Okay. I'm going to pray, and then Isaac can do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> oh, okay. 